Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. It is great privilege that I have to be able to come and share with you this morning uh, a, a message I believe the Lord has laid on my heart for today, and uh, it's been a message that I've been sharing as I've traveled throughout our network uh, recently, and uh, it's just great to be able to be here this morning with you. Denise and I, we have the privilege to worship here when we're not on the road someplace, and so we really appreciate uh, the the atmosphere that God has created in this place. I want you to look at your neighbor beside you that you came with. Now, don't look at someone you didn't come with because they may catch COVID, but I want you to look at your neighbor that you came with, and I want you to say to them, it's not what I imagined. It's not what I imagined. So if you came this morning imagining to hear Pastor John Miller, it's not what you imagined, okay? I was thinking earlier as we were taking communion that often I get those little cups and I peel back that second layer and I'm imagining it to be like a sweet grape juice. And instead, it reminds me of Robitussin, you know? It's not what I imagine. I know that's a little sacrilegious for some of you, but nevertheless... (laughs) That's where we're at. Uh, So this morning, I'm going to share some thoughts with you today. One of the things that if you know me, you know I'm a youth pastor at heart. So whenever I speak to students, I love feedback from them. So that doesn't bother me. When I speak to adults, you know, that's positive as well because then it helps me know maybe I haven't offended the entire room. So I just want you to feel free to interact in that way. But our scripture, one of them for this morning is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 4 verse 18, and it reads like this. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me read it to you one more time. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, I read this scripture about a year ago. We were beginning 2020 and we were moving into the year and we were well into the year. And, and I was just reading and, and one day in my devotions and the Lord laid this passage. I came across the scripture and it said that very thing. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. And I had no idea as I was reading that passage what the following year would look like. You know, I didn't have any idea that uh, we would be, you know, living through a pandemic. I didn't know that the word unprecedented would be used every single day in some capacity. I didn't know what a mask mandate even was. I didn't even realize that it would be a thing. I had no idea that events would be canceled there would be no prom, that we would have something that we call a virtual graduation, whatever that is, that I had no idea that Ryder, my son, would be coming home from college in March, not going back, and then beginning to eat us out of house and home even longer than normal. 
I didn't know what social distancing was. You know, sports would be canceled. We would have virtual school and people would know that Zoom fatigue is a thing. In fact, back then, I don't even think I had a Zoom account. So I had no idea what that was going to be like. Didn't really realize the amount of racial injustice that we would face throughout the year. And now we have no Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss is our enemy. I don't know. You know, I don't know about you, but I've had enough. I think if I were to ask you the question, most of us could say this morning, we've had enough. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's easy to look, though, at our current culture and get discouraged. It would be easy to look at the situation that we're living in today and begin to lose perspective. What I begin to understand is really, if we think about things in terms of perspective, we begin to understand that what perspective really is a point of view. Now, for me, it's easy sometimes for me to lose perspective. Why do I say that? Well, I was walking into Martin's uh, the other, you know, several, several months ago, this happened to me, and it, I haven't been able to get it off my chest. So I'm walking into Martin's, and I had, you know, first of all, I hate going to the grocery store. How many of you can say amen to that? I just hate it. So, uh, so usually Denise goes. I don't, but nevertheless, so I'm going into Martin's, and I had three things I needed to pick up. I walked in with the idea that I was going to pick up deodorant, body wash, and toothpaste. Everything that was essential, you know what I'm saying? If you haven't realized that, understand it. You know, in youth ministry, body wash, deodorant, and toothpaste, absolutely essential. And it doesn't change with adults. So, so I'm walking in. I had those three things. It was going to be a 10, my idea was this is going to be a 10 minute in the door, grab it, and out the door. And so I'm walking toward that aisle, and I, in order to get to the aisle from where I walked in, I had to pass the chip aisle. And so I decided that I was going to take a little detour and go to the deodorant, body wash, and toothpaste aisle the long way around. So I decided to go down the chip aisle. So I walked down the aisle, and I'm standing there, face mask on. (laughs) I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, okay, I need, you know, I have this little tiny basket, you know, because I'm thinking I'm getting three little things, you know. So there I'm standing with my basket. And I'm, I'm looking and I go, you know what? I need regular chips. I mean, you know, I thought, you know, I'll get regular chips because, you know, I like chips. And so I just thought, you know, I'll get a bag of regular chips. And then I go, you know, I also need a bag of barbecue Lay's. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I like regular chips, but I really like barbecue chips. So I thought, you know, I'm going to get barbecue chips. So I put those in that little basket. All right. And then I go, you know... Uh, Denise really likes that Chicka Boom Pop. If you never tried it, try it, you know. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'll grab a bag for her. So now I'm three bags of chips in that little plastic cart. All right. And then I'm standing there and my eye catches those late July jalapeno chips. I mean, if you've never had them, you got to try them. All right. They are the best. So that green bag is just blinking at me. So I'm thinking, I got to have those because they probably are a little healthier version than regular barbecue chips. So I I get, so now I'm up to four bags 
And then I'm thinking to myself, all right, my eye catches my absolute, all-favorite, life-changing thing on the chip aisle, and that is pirate's booty. If you've never had pirate's booty, come on now, if you've never had pirate's booty, Try it, all right? So, so I, I'm sitting there. So now I'm up to five bags of chips in that little plastic hand cart. And I'm standing there like, you know, I mean, obviously this isn't working. But I'm standing there with all these, and I just happen to glance over to my right. And literally there is a man standing there with a mask on his face and he's giving me that look. You know, you can't see anybody's mouth now. So all you see are their eyes. And I'm getting that judgmental, piercing eye look. Like, why do you need five bags of chips? All right? And I'm sitting there wanting to look at him and go, don't judge me. You know, I want to look at him and say, you know, I've lived through a pandemic. All right? I had to do Zoom and Zoom and more Zoom. Like, I'll eat as many chips as I absolutely want to eat. But being the good Christian that I hope I am, I decided, well, you know what? I'll reach in and take the regular chips and just put them back. You know, I'm like, four bags will do it. So, so I'm sitting there, and so then I make my way over to the, you know, to the deodorant aisle. I grab the deodorant, the body wash, the toothpaste. What I came in there for, I pick those things up. I put them in the cart. I go up to the checkout line. I check out, walk out of Martin's, get in my car, and I look down at my watch, And I realized that what was going to be a 10-minute trip in the store, right to the aisle and out of the store, ended up being a 30-minute trip. Why was that? Because I lost perspective. I lost the idea of what I went in there for. And I ended up going, you know what? Time has passed. And now here I am, 30 minutes later, late for my next thing. And I'm sitting there going, what? It's really easy, right, to lose perspective. It's easy to get distracted when what we imagined the, a picture would be versus the reality of what it is. So I imagined, hey, you know what? 10 minutes in and out turned into 30 minutes in and out. Same thing happened to me shortly thereafter. I was scrolling on social media one day and I saw what caught my attention was this huge pair of lips. Now, I've got terrible attention deficit, so, you know, it doesn't take much <laughs> to catch my attention. So, so, you know, I'm sitting there, and I see this big pair of lips, and I'm thinking, who's posting, like, this big pair of chap lips? I mean, that's what I'm thinking when I'm looking at it, and then I looked at it a little bit closer, and I realized that I began to see a set of trees, and then I looked at it a little closer and went, Oh, and now I see a set of roots. And I thought, oh, this is one of those images where it's like multiple pictures and you're trying to figure out what it is. So I began to kind of re- research that a little bit. And it said this. It said, apparently, depending on what you see, first says something about your personality. If you see lips, you are a simple and calm person. All right? If you see trees, you're probably louder and more of an extrovert. If you see roots, you're probably more introverted and do not like to bring attention to yourself. We look at these, and then I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, I'm pretty extroverted, and so that whole experiment is wrong. But I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, often 
it's all about perspective. And when we think about this past year, we understand what? That it's easy sometimes to get discouraged when we feel stress and we feel pressure. But we have to remind ourselves what? That God is in control, right? Of our circumstance. If we take the time and these present challenges that we face as individuals, right? And as a family, right? And as a nation, right? If we take the time and say, God, we're going to look to you. We're going to call out on you. We're going to trust you that no matter what is happening around us, we know that you are in charge of our path. God, help us be men and women today that stand up and call on God and realize that our source of help and our strength is in him. But we can get sidetracked, like we can lose perspective and we can begin to sit back. And I will say this to you this morning, the enemy likes to do everything that he can to remind us of all of the times that we failed. He likes to cause anxiety, he likes to call worry, he likes to cause depression, and all of those things to happen in our lives when all the while God is saying that if you trust me and you put your faith in me, that I will guide you. But see, it's easy sometimes to lose perspective. It's easy to allow our history, right where we've been, right to determine our destiny, determine where we're going and where we're headed. I don't know about you, but I come back to 2020 was not what I imagined. I don't know that I can honestly say today that 2020, one, is shaping up to be what I imagined. But I know this, the word tells us what? That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he never changes. Even though our circumstance changes. Even though our situations may change, that we can have trust and hope in knowing that God is in charge of our steps and we can put our faith in him. When I look to the word in Exodus chapter 2, I'm going to read you a story this morning that may be familiar to most of you. Some of you may not be, but, but listen to the story. It says this in Exodus chapter 2 verse 1. It says, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant And she gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds of the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Now think about this. This mom has a baby and she places him in the basket in the middle of a river. Strange story, right? Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and she sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and she saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and she got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and she nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him 
out of the water. Now you may say, John, what an odd story. And I can remember hearing that story and thinking about what mom would put their baby in the basket and place it in the Nile, in the river. And then I thought, what's even more miraculous is what, that the mom ends up getting the baby back to raise him. And I think about the story and I think, God, what a unique story. And why did it happen? Well, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22, the chapter before, it says this, Then Pharaoh gave this order to all of the people that every Hebrew boy that is born must be thrown into the Nile, but every girl will live. You see, Pharaoh was an odd king, and, and he wanted to control who the population. He wanted to control all of those things in the day. And so he ordered this decree, and so the mother had no choice but to place the baby in the river because she was trying to save his life. Yet, Moses' future, right, didn't look very promising. You may say, well, the future that Moses had was a future of certain death, right? I mean, the decree was given. Moses was born. The sentence didn't look really good for his life. But I'm thankful this morning that what God knew that Moses would be born at that point in time for that reason. Why? Because he would lead the children of Israel out of bondage. Now, I don't know about you, but you may say, John, you know, this is all happening around us, and we don't understand why, and so anxiety has gripped the nation and gripped the world, and and we're trying to navigate all through that. And and here's the thing, but, but I take hope in knowing that what God knew at this moment in time, who needed to walk this planet, who needed to be the voice for him in this generation. So I don't know about you, you're not born by circumstance, and it's not an accident that you're here. I believe that God has created you for this moment in time, so what? You can be a reflection of Jesus to the people that you come in contact with. I think this, I think that many people feared at the beginning of 2020, what? That the church would cease to exist. And our churches have navigated in all kinds of different ways. But I'm thankful this morning, what? That this is the church's greatest hour. That as a believer, this is your greatest hour. If you're wondering who can you share your faith with, well, every conversation that you have with someone is an opportunity to share your faith. Because people are looking for an answer. They're looking for a reason. And I believe when we begin to share what God has done and how he has protected us and how he has watched over us and how he's met needs for us, I know this, I know faith can begin to arise. So today I would challenge you, you can look at this season as something that's negative or you can ask God to help you change your perspective, what? So that you can see hope in the middle of what seemingly is uncertain. You see, I look at Moses' life and I think the, the, the plan for his life initially was death. And let's face it, it wasn't a result of what Moses had done, but God chose Moses to be a part of the greatness of God and allowed him to be born in this circumstance in order to accomplish the plan that he had for his people. You see, the problem this morning is not our circumstance. The problem we have this morning as believers is not the circumstance that we're in. The problem is our perspective. So I'm going to share with you three things this morning. Know this. Number one, that he will protect you. Look at that person you came with and say that with me. He will protect you. He will protect you. 
So many times we focus on things that are so tangible, what we see, what we touch. We buy into the belief this morning that Instagram, right, is the real image. When we all know that Instagram is a filtered, retouched image of what we think we're supposed to be. You know, when our kids were, were little, we would often, you know, do the, the traditional Christmas picture. You know what I'm saying? So we would try to figure out, okay, what's everybody wearing and how are they all going to match? And so we would get ready to go take a Christmas photo and, and, and inevitably it was a complete train wreck. You know, the kids, they were crying and screaming and, you know, things were happening and, and all of this. And, and, you know, the last thing that any, that I felt like doing was standing in front of a camera and smiling and making it look like everything was great. But what did we do? We did it, right? The same thing is true today. We spend, right, so much time, what should take like five seconds to take a photo, we spend 10 minutes, right, I mean, taking multiple photos because we want to get the right angle, you know, and then we spend the next 10 minutes trying to filter it so that we don't even look like what that picture is, you know what I'm saying? And so here's the thing, we, we buy into that belief, We buy into the things that we can touch. We buy into things that we can feel. But here's the thing that I understand. I understand what? That Jesus has come to change our perspective. We often miss the big picture because we only have a small piece of the puzzle. Now, one of the things during this last year that that I realized was, one, we've watched everything worth watching that was decent on Netflix. So, so you know, so, so that kind of, you know, we kind of did that. And, and then I, I, I think about the fact that, you know, so many friends of mine, they started getting into doing jigsaw puzzles. Now, Denise kind of likes jigsaw puzzles. Actually, we gave a couple of jigsaw puzzles to people for Christmas. But, but me, I'm kind of like, you know, the jigsaw puzzles to me seem a little pointless. You know, it's like you open up the box, right? You, you spend all this time putting the puzzle together only to turn around and tear it all back apart and put it back in the box, you know? And so, so it's like, you know, but, uh, but I decided, Hey, what the heck, you know, we'll, we'll go in target. I'll grab a jigsaw puzzle and we'll try it. So I go into target and, and I realized two things real quick. The aisle that the jigsaw puzzles were, were on was completely empty. So a lot of people were buying a lot of jigsaw puzzles. And then I realized that the toilet paper aisle was empty and a lot of people are buying jigsaw puzzles and toilet paper. So, so I, I don't understand what they were doing, but I'm just saying that, that is my perspective. That's what happened. And so, so they're in there. So, so I realized this, I think about those jigsaw puzzles Imagine this morning if I handed you a puzzle, handed you puzzle pieces from one puzzle and the box lid from another puzzle. It'd be very frustrating, right? Because let's face it, we look at the puzzle, we look at the picture, and we try to put the puzzle together based on the picture. And it would be really frustrating if we didn't have the right picture with the right puzzle pieces. Why is that? Because the picture that we see doesn't align with the actual picture of the creator. 
So what would happen is the, the creator of that puzzle, if we had different pieces, the picture on the box doesn't match the pieces. That's not what the creator of the puzzle meant it to look like. The same is true for me and you. Sometimes what happens, right, is we only have a small piece of the big picture and we allow frustration and and anxiety to get in our hearts. Why? Because it's never what the creator meant it to be. If this story had ended with a baby in the basket, think about it, there would be no Red Sea. There would be no burning bush. There would be no Ten Commandments. Charleston Heston would not have a career. I mean, that's what would have happened. You know what I'm saying? Where you are right now and what you see with your eyes may not be the picture that the creator of the puzzle sees. Trust him that your current challenge doesn't have to define your future. Number two, he will position you. Look at your person you came with and say to them, he will position you. Now that sounded a little lame even for me. So say it, say it like you mean it. You know what I'm saying? He will position you. Exodus chapter three, verse one through four says this. We pick up the rest, we pick up the story. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? Now, I always think that part of the story is funny to me. If I saw a bush that was on fire and not burning up, and then here comes the rest of it, a voice starts coming out of the bush. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him within the bush, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. See, I think about the fact that here's Moses many years later. He's not a baby in a basket. He's not a prince of the palace. He's already become a murderer by that point. He's already fled. He's already gotten married because he was tending his father-in-law's sheep. And he's out in the middle of the desert, quite different from where he started, quite different from what he had experienced. I'm sure there were moments when Moses thought, what am I doing out here in the middle of this desert? But you see, he was in the right place at the right time. What I understand is this, position is more about the journey than it is the destination. I mean, think about it sometimes. When you go on a trip, you get really excited about getting there, and then when you get there, you're kind of like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes what happens is we get so in, in, the, in the mode to want to get where we're going all the while we're missing the journey along the way. You know, I'm one of those people that like I put addresses in my nav and what happens a lot of times is that, you know, I'll be driving along and I'm in such a hurry to get someplace that I forget to enjoy the, the journey along the way. And I'll have a tendency, what, to argue with the nav, thinking I know better than what they do. And so, you know, that's just, so I'm spending all of my anxiety, all my energy going, where am I going? Where am I going? I got to get there. But I think sometimes what God is asking us to do is slow down long enough 
to enjoy the journey, to realize what that we are missing, perhaps opportunities that we have to be a reflection of Jesus to those that we come in contact with. We pick up the story of Moses many years later. He went from the river to the palace to the far side of the wilderness, and now he finds himself in front of a bush that doesn't burn up. Think about that miracle alone right in front of him. A talking bush, right? It's obvious. There's a miracle that's happening right in front of him. We miss sometimes the miracle in the mundane. Sometimes in the day-to-day, God gives us miracles and we miss them because what we always want, the miraculous healing or the financial windfall, or we want the bush that doesn't burn up when all the while God is saying, if you trust me and put your faith in me, I will respond to you in your moment of need. You never know when God is going to speak to you just in the routine of life. Maybe you're brushing your teeth and God speaks to you. Maybe you're on your way to work and God speaks to you. Maybe you're in Martin's and God speaks to you. Maybe you're at practice or at the gym and God speaks to you. Maybe you're in the Chick-fil-A line and God speaks to you. And let's face it, if you want to hear God's voice, get in the Chick-fil-A line. But I'm just saying... God can speak to every one of us in the mundane of life. But sometimes we wait for those moments and we anticipate something great when all the while God is saying, I will speak to you if you are quick to listen to me. The more he will speak, the more, and we will hear him and recognize his voice. You know, I think when, when my kids were young, you know, Reagan, our daughter, she, you know, she's just perfect. She's, you know, one on the, Enneagram. I mean, she's just, you know, organized all together. We never had to get on her for anything at all. I mean, she just, you know, straight A student, that whole thing. And, and then our son Ryder, he's another whole ball of wax. I mean, he, he, you know, he is full of energy, you know, couldn't, uh, he may be able to organize, organize his way out of a paper bag. I'm not exactly sure of that, but, but, you know, full of life, just completely opposite. And so I remember one time standing in the in the store and I remember you know we had told Ryder several times you know be quiet stand still you know that you you with toddlers you kind of know what I'm going at and so you know and he's just true boy he's just full of life full of energy and and so finally I had had enough and I did what any good dad would do I get the dad of the year award for this all right, I just reached down and I grabbed the back of his hair, you know, hairline and I just yanked on it real easy, you know. Try it. <laughs> I just raked on it real easy. And and I thought that would get his attention. But all it did was escalate this whole situation and make it worse. And so we're standing there and, you know, and he's yelling out, dad, you're pulling my hair, you know? And, and, and so I'm thinking, you know, cancer culture, I mean, it'll kill you. And so I'm standing there and I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, you know, okay. So I reach down and I whisper in his ear. I said, Ryder, enough. I think the interesting thing is the noise that was all around us can be really overwhelming, even for a little one. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it took in that situation, dad to bend down and whisper in his ear. You know, I think sometimes God 
is wanting to speak to you and I. But we get so busy that we forget to hear his voice. I think one of the things that we can look at is we can begin to say, God, in this day, in the day that you've given me, may we be quick to hear your voice. Number three, he will prepare you. He will prepare you. In verse five, God spoke to Moses. He said, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. There's something about realizing this morning that God is holy. I believe the act of taking off his shoes was a symbol of humbling himself and realizing that it wasn't all about him. You see, in a culture today where our desires trump everything else around us, God is asking that we would humble ourselves to remember that he is the one that breathes breath into our lungs, that he is our provider, that he is the one that keeps us safe and gives us an identity. Yes, I believe that all of the things that we do in our human strength to try to control our situation are important. But I believe this more than anything else, that my faith and my trust and my answer is not in man. I believe I know that we, we pray for those that are in authority over us. We pray for our government. We pray for our country and all of that. We try everything that we can in our own human strength to come up with answers. While all of that is good, and I trumpet all of that, I believe this, that God is the one that breathes breath into our bodies. That God is the one that heals us. That he restores us. That he doesn't allow our history to determine our destiny. And when we put our faith and our trust in him, we don't have to fear about tomorrow. You know, I, I get up every day, and I have to make a decision today, God, what am I going to do for you? I get up every day and I go, you know what? I can make a decision today because I believe this, it's a choice. I can get up and decide today, you know, I'm going to look at my circumstance and I'm going to focus on that and I'm going to become really negative. Or I can get up today and say, you know what, God, I know that this is the day that you have given me. I know that this is an opportunity for me to share my faith. I know that this is an opportunity for what? Me to have a perspective that honors God to not buy into all of the rhetoric in our world, but to believe this, that I can be a reflection of Jesus to the people that I come in contact with. God gave specific instructions to Moses. He sent him a sign. He gave him the word to say. He told Moses to assemble the elders. God was preparing Moses even when he didn't see it in himself. Perhaps today, your life might seem a little out of focus. Perhaps today you sit here and you say, John, I feel really alone. Perhaps you feel like that you don't have the talent or the ability to accomplish what God has asked you to do. Perhaps it seems like this morning that the pieces of your puzzle don't fit together. 
perhaps life is not what you imagined. I'm challenging you this morning to see things in a new light. To remember that often it's a matter of perspective, not just your situation. I really believe this, that without my faith in Jesus, without bowing my head as a little boy and coming to know Jesus, I would have never had the opportunities that God has given me. And I'm reminded of that every day of my life. Because here's what I know, it's not in my own strength. I know this today, your situation may look completely different. Everything may be going great right now and you may say, you know, my life's sweet. Or your situation right now could be, my life is hopeless. I'm not really sure what tomorrow will bring. You could be saying today, John, you don't know my circumstance and you're exactly right, I don't know your circumstance. But I know one that does know your circumstance. And I know if God can deliver Moses as a baby and lead and cause him to be the leader that he, he was and lead the children of Israel out of bondage and the church exists today, why? Because God chose to use someone whose destiny was death and he raised them to life. I know this, the same can be true of me and you. But it takes us falling on our face before God and saying, God, forgive me. God restored to me what the enemy has tried to steal. And I'm thankful today that, that, that our God is a restorer. That he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it to good. And we can believe that and stand on that promise this morning. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, to do this with me. As a closing, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all over the room. What I realize is this, it's really about position. You see, God said to Moses, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. He asked Moses to do something to change his position. Thus, I asked you this morning to stand to change your position. Because it's something about when we begin to change the position, we get out of what is comfortable and we get a little bit uncomfortable. And that's the moments when God likes to do the most. I'm gonna ask you to do this with me. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes all around the room. I don't think there's anything spiritual about that. I feel like the act of, you know, for me, closing my eyes just helps me to focus on me. Helps my attention become more about me and not about everybody else around me. And you could be here today, and I felt like this is how we would close this morning. You could be here today and say, John, I need my perspective changed. You know, I'm looking at my situation, I'm looking at my circumstance, and I can't seem to see anything but that looming problem in front of me. And today, I just need someone that will agree in prayer with me that God is gonna change my perspective on that situation. And that could be you here this morning. And if it is, I'm gonna ask you to raise a hand, put it back down. I'm only gonna wait a minute. Anybody in the room? Amen. Anybody else? Just give you a few moments. You just say, I just need to change perspective. I just need my, my perspective changed in my family, in my job, in my friendships, in my relationships, in my body, whatever it could be. Amen. 
Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.